Hey guys, this is Table 44. My name is Stefan and welcome to another episode on the podcast. Today we're talking about following your dreams and whatever they may be. And now I'm going to let that take it. Cue the music. Hey guys, my name is Andre. Hey, this is Stephanie. Hey, this is Adrian. And I'm Stephanie. And this is Table Four. Four. So today's guest, we have a very, very special, special guest. Special guest today. Super today, special. I know, super special. Um, our special guest today is Jason Pierre, who is going to speak about following his dreams of becoming a writer. Now, along with Jason's resume, it's a long list of accolades that span from the days that he was working in the corporate office with Andre yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and, you know, getting to write and direct his own short films. Um, he's moved on to bigger and better things, uh, becoming a husband and a father while still living out his passion for writing. Um, I remember his first works um, back. I mean, we're talking about over a decade ago. Yeah. right? Um, I remember the drafts. Like 12 years now, right? 12, know, 13 right? years. Something, that, right? something like that. Yeah. And I remember the little the, the drafts that I used to read and I still have them. I have like little keepsakes of all yeah. the stuff they used to send me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Jason and it's an honor speaking with him today. And he's going to share his stories and his experience with us on the podcast today. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. All right. We got Jason Pierre. He hails from South Bronx and uh, now he's a Los Angeles based filmmaker and writer. Jason made his director's debut back in 2012 for his short film, David at Daytime, which swung the door open for all these amazing opportunities for him. He has worked for BuzzFeed Motion Pictures, where he worked and directed an original comedy short for the channel, Better Like. He has also written episodes for BuzzFeed's uh, animated show, The Good Advice Cupcake, and BuzzFeed's Cocoa Butter Channel's new show, The Era. Both are on Facebook Watch. He is currently, or was, a staff writer on season three of the CW show, In the Dark, and now he's story editor for season four. Welcome, Jay. What's going on, brother? Hey, guys. What's going on, Jason? Hey. hey. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, a, a great intro. I, I feel more important than I am. You are. <laughs> you are. What are you saying? You are important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great to see all of you again, though. Oh, dude, when you reached out to me, bro, I was like, oh, you know what? We got to get him on, man. We were super excited. You know what it was? We were, as you know, we were trying, like, we were so busy with things, and we were um, trying to figure out what should we do? Should we continue? Should we take a break? And then when Andre said that you reached out, I was like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's a no brainer. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep in touch with with all my my friends. And it's great that y'all are doing a podcast because uh, I remember hanging out with y'all back in New York, the, the lunches. Oh, and it was dude, a, a party yeah, every time, right? Yeah, man. Just the conversations, the stories that Jay would tell us. Like, no, Jay is like the superb storyteller. Oh yeah, he's great. At stories. <laughs> it's great to have at parties. <laughs> We're gonna start off by asking Jay some questions about his passion and his career as a writer. Yeah. Yes. Are you up for that? I know we're gonna be diving deep. <laughs> yeah, let it let it let it happen. I'm an open book. Let's do it. Why did you pursue writing? Oh, my God. But there's a long story of uh, why I pursued writing um, that starts when I was a child. 
basically. Um, I think I think all of you know I, I know how to draw. Yeah. Um, my original goal was to be a comic book artist, and I went to the high school of art design to 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 like learn how to draw. I mean, I already knew how to draw, but like learn how to draw professionally. And then the cartooning teacher left the year you start your major at art and design. And so we had like the fashion teacher teaching us how to draw and it kind of sucked. Um, even though I, <laughs> I liked going to the school, I about learning cartooning. And then I saw the people in the film, the film class were having a lot of fun running around with cameras, doing all, all types of fun stuff. And I was just like, well, if I'm just going to waste my time, I'd rather waste it running around the school with cameras. So I switched my major. And they got a new film teacher there, like a really young guy um, who was like 29 at the time. And we had to write in these journals um, yeah. as part of the assignments. And he was reading some of my writing and he was like, hey, I think you're a good writer. You should take it seriously. And I literally just gave up drawing for like 13 years. I gave up drawing and I was like, I'm gonna be a writer now, you know? Um, and I've always like, you know, I love movies. I love TV. I love to read. Um, and these are things that I did before I decided to become a writer. Yeah. So when I, when I made the switch to being a writer, it was a pretty easy switch. Um, I wasn't, obviously wasn't good right away. You know, it took, it took a long time to get good at it, but yeah. writing was, was like fun, you know? So it's like easy to fall into because it's so fun. So when you transitioned from the, I guess the fashion drawing, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure how to, how to transition from there, but I think, I, I think it's, it's a testament to trying to still figure out what do you want to do when you're young? You know what I mean? So if you weren't sure about writing, somebody kind of came to you and said, Hey, you know, this is awesome. Maybe you can be a writer. It's always some that, you know, that one person that could come out to you and just, you know, highlight to you and say, right. Hey, I think this could work. Yeah. You know, he saw potential in you, bro. He saw potential in you. He's like, yeah, I think you need to do it. Yeah. So I think that was awesome. But I didn't really, I didn't realize that you originally wanted to be a comic book um, artist. Artist. I didn't know that. I knew, I knew, I mean, I saw your drawings. I knew that you were really great at it because I don't know any better. But when we went to um, college, we went for architecture. <laughs> right. So we had uh, an understanding of seeing things like that and drawing and doing schematics and things like that. So I didn't realize that you wanted to do comic book first. I mean, you could still do it. I mean, it's not yeah. late, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was the original goal. Um, and then the, like, I grew up reading comics, you know, I grew up reading them and I grew up copying them. Um, that's how I learned how to draw. Nice. And I remember the story that he used to tell us all the time, like, you know, cause, cause he, he never wanted to go outside to play. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. That's real. Yeah. 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 That's real. <laughs> the story was like, you know, he said he used to be home and his mom and dad used to be like, yo, why don't you go outside and play with the kids? And he'll look out the window and he'll be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so he'll see who's in the playground. He's like, I'm good, mom. I'm good. <laughs> I was also from the hood. I'm from the South Bronx. I was just like, I, no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to stay in and draw and read. My mom was like, stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. Because <laughs> it would be like, I'm watching TV. I will watch a lot of TV. And my mom would like, stop watching TV go outside and play. I'd be like, I'll read a book, you know? Like, <laughs> I'll go read a book. That's my I like reading. The boys now, you know, I think it makes sense now that we've been stuck in the house for almost like a year, year and a half. And to kind of like pull them to go outside, that's my struggle. But they're not reading. 
And they're definitely not drawing. <laughs> they're busy gaming. They didn't they didn't put in the same time and investment you put in. <laughs> so, that's my fault though. You know, it's funny. Kind of COVID's fault because they just let us stay here. I know, I know. COVID, the culprit. I know. It's funny about COVID. like gaming, because I had a Nintendo back then in the Sega Genesis, but I only had like three cartridges. So when those three cartridges was gone, <laughs> there's no more gaming to do. <laughs> What else is good? I already beat Sonic four times today. You know what am I gonna do now? (laughs) Back in the day, no, nothing to add to it. Like you, you beat it. You're done. You're done. That's it. You can probably tell a friend you beat it, and he'll be like, "Good for you," and that's it. (laughs) What was your motivation? Uh, motivation to like keep on writing. Uh, yeah, you know, like I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty lucky and blessed that I had friends and family that were like, you can do it. You know, like we, we believe in you. You should keep pursuing the thing. And like, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a champion of, if there's something you love, you should figure out a way to make money on it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of that. And so, like, I, and I obviously wasn't making money on it at the beginning, but I, like, really loved it. And I saw a potential and a life for me in that. And something that I can, like, speak on later with, like, pursuing something and keeping motivated right. is that you have to, like, uh, set, set mini goals. Like, what are things that will make you happy now while you're waiting on the goal that's going to take you 10 years to do, you know? So, like, making short films is something that's like easy and doable and I'll feel accomplished when I make it, even yeah. though I'm not making like a blockbuster movie for a big studio, you know, and like yeah. smaller goals, like getting into a small film festival or finishing a project. Those are smaller goals that can keep me motivated and, and keep the drive in there until I get to the bigger things that I, I, that you I dream do. of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You hear this, right? You see, he sets himself up with mini goals, yep, mini goals, mini goals. So like, Adrian's like really into doing, I don't know, is it coding or is it, how is it that, what is it you're really into now? Nothing. Wow. <laughs> Just wow. Nothing. It's Stefan though. Ste- so Stefan, you're really into like doing the coding and designing. Like, what is it that you find that's interesting about it? Like, what's so fun about it? Like, what are you doing right now? Making games. Making games. Okay. What about making the games? What motivates you to what, do it? What motivates you to do it? What to makes just it get fun? on a computer and just start? Because I see when you do it, you have a landscape. You have a, like a gray screen and then you start doing your walls and you start doing your little projects and stuff like that. What so drives what, you to do it? Yeah. What makes it fun? I don't know. <laughs> you just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, Jason, <laughs> that's what, that's all you're going to get from the one man wonder. So. I think what motivates yeah, he's just a man of few words. Man of few words. I think what motivates him is maybe just keeping up with the game and trying to make it better every day. Of course, okay. And maybe trying to make his friends play because he has like ten games that he always asks me to play them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, but I join them sometimes because I'm a good brother, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Rude. What is your favorite part about making a movie? Oh man, man, there's, there's so many, there, there's like the, the realization of an idea 
is is amazing. You know, like when you have a, a random idea you've come up with and you've gotten it like 20, 20 people together to execute it, like being on set is amazing, you know, like and then the other like really awesome part is like when you're writing a story, you've put into place different things to make people feel different ways, like moments you think people will laugh, yeah. moments you think they're going to surprise them. And when you're watching it in a theater and you can hear people laughing at it or going, oh, man, when a different part happens, all of that feels like it's so awesome. You know, like at the end of Existential Donut, where you realize that there's a hole in the guy's chest, there is like an audible gasp in an audience is just like, that's the whole reason I did it, you know, <laughs> and it, it feels really good to have that moment happen like and it's like a it's like a high you get when those moments happen. Um, so and and I like, you know, from you, you, me, uh, the, all of us talking and me talking about movies, the way I talk about movies I love, I want to hear people talk about my movies like that. You know, the yeah. way I like pick things apart and I'm like, did you know it meant this, this and this? And then so people will be like, no, you're, you're looking way too much into it. It didn't mean any of that. I want people to look at my things that way to, to go way past what I thought it would be. Right. All right so, so me, me, me watching it, we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, we were talking about it. And we were like, I felt like this was part of, of a person that's, uh, he does his daily routine every day and something is missing. Mm-hmm. And he just became like the rest of them, having that, that void that, that's missing, that, that passion that's missing from his, from his, I guess from his body. He became or his mind. Donut. Am I right? Am I going in the right direction? You're in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Definitely. Okay. So I guess, I guess what Adrian and I were talking about yesterday, like that there are many people that are represented by the donut. The right. donut represents maybe a selective few of people or maybe everyone that we can think of. And that essentially they are not following their passions like you did. And they are left empty. Yeah. In some point. And they're missing, yep. they're missing something. Am I, am I in the right direction? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, yeah. Yeah. What would you, what, I remember you were telling me yesterday, what were you thinking about it yesterday? Um, I think what we were thinking about, it, thinking about it yesterday was that he just felt empty inside without that last feeling inside. He was about <laughs> to become go. a Boston cream donut without the passion. He was a Boston cream donut without the Boston cream But it was something that the message was universal. And it was just when I asked Stefan, Stefan, what did you think about the movie? Like, what was your favorite part about the movie? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the glazed donut? <laughs> Basically, at the end of the film, I wanted people to ask what was the thing that was missing in themselves. Like, what, like, yeah. and for people to ask, do I have a hole in me was like a question. And like a, a hole can mean so many th- different things. It can mean the absence of something, or it could mean what's, what needs to fill it. It can mean either thing. So I wanted people to come away with that question. And, um, you know, when I wrote it at the time, I felt stuck at the job that I was at, you know? So it's like, yeah, I'm like pursuing my dream, but I hadn't, pers- I hadn't gotten there yet. So I was feeling very stuck. So that's why it was like a piece of me when I wrote it. Yeah. Nice. Love it. I love it. It was such a great film. And I felt like when, I guess if I had the opportunity to see it maybe 10 years ago, I think it would have applied differently as opposed to now. Like now I understood the reason why it was so important. Yeah. 
But 10 years ago, you know, I'm trying, I'm like, I'm a first time mom. still trying to figure out your niche in the world. I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. I'm just becoming a first time mom. I don't know what's going on. Everything is just, you know, a big blur. Now is becoming a little bit older and changing my careers and living life a little bit. It it meant so much more to me, the whole message behind that movie. Absolutely. Nice. Thank you. That's nice. That's nice. But I would love to know what is a typical day in the mind of Jason Pierre? Because I know that we, I asked because, you know, we're, we're so creative. Like I know Andres is very creative. Like we all have our creative juices always yeah, flowing. Our like, minds are constantly running. They're constantly moving. The wheels like, are always turning, bro. Right? They're always what turning. What is a typical day for you though? Like, what is that? Like, I don't have a pen and pencil and paper just to take out a notepad. Oh, this is what I think. And start writing my notes. You know, there's so many thoughts going through your head every single day. You know, like I, I don't write them down. You know, and I should be writing a, them down. You should be writing them down because there's so many good ideas that sometimes you need to come to fruition. Sometimes right. and you, you forget because it's yeah. happening. But for 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 Jason, I'm like, I want to know what's going yeah. on in that. <laughs> what's your typical day in the morning, Jason? Jason tick, you know? Yeah. Um. It so it depends on the day, but like most weekdays, I try to. I figured out like one of my one of my friends said he gets the most writing done. Um, from nine to 12 when his brain is like right after breakfast, his brain is fresh and energized. And, uh, cause it used to be, I would try to write throughout the day right. and I get frustrated at different moments where nothing's coming out. But now that I know like, Oh, if I have three hours of solid, solid, solid writing in the morning, yeah. then I go, I go hard for three hours and then I feel good about the rest of the day. And for the rest of the day, I can be like writing ideas for other films, I could, and at night I try to draw a little bit just so I don't lose that skill anymore. Okay. And then if I'm in the writer's room, then I'm in the writer's room on Zoom from like 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Zoom, just like shooting ideas with other writers and coming up with plot and character drive and motivation. And um, another thing that I try to do is read a lot um, and like read the, read like, um, nonfiction. Yeah. I love, I love like fiction. I love fiction books, but I need like information. You know, I need to know about the world. I need to like, like expand what's in my brain because that's all fuel for future stories, you know? Right. Uh, but like, so it's a lot, it's a lot of that kind of mixed in right now. And, um, the good thing about it is like my, in my new place, I have a, my office is like up a little bit of some stairs. A little um, like a loft style. I got a lot. Yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. I'm seeing on the screen. So on his screen, yeah. I see like the, 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 the rails and everything. Like, yeah. Oh, so, he ha- so he has a separate space. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would. That's kill, new. I would kill for a separate space from all it the boys. It wasn't like that before. It's been like this since April. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 That, yeah. But but so if I get a lot of writing, a lot of work done during the day, when my son, when I take my son home from school, I don't have to, my mind's not thinking about writing anymore. Cause I, I was able to get a lot done during the day and I'm not up here until he like goes to sleep, which is a great part, you know? Um, so that when I'm with my son and with my wife, I'm, my brain is just, is with them, you know? Cause like sometimes when you don't get anything done during the day, like I'll be with my family and you'll see my face go blank. I'll go like that. Mm, light bulb. <laughs> and my wife will go, I can tell you're thinking about a story right now. And I'll go, oh, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not thinking about a story. I'm guilty of that. 
I am guilty of that, and Andre is guilty so of that as well. Yeah, I mean, we're both. We call, we, call, we call it daydreaming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we start thinking of other stuff. Like, oh, reality. Oh, reality. Right, 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 right. No, but I think when I think that's awesome that you have that type of. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. You have that type of um, separate space to do it. And yeah. like the um, the understanding that you have to separate the two. Me, I'm I'm kind of bad at that. Like I don't really, it doesn't switch off for me so quickly. Like I'm, I always get bothered if I got, hey, don't get it done. <laughs> like it bothers right, me right. throughout the whole day. So yeah. Which is like- maybe we can go to a library sometime. Maybe we can focus on that. You know, you made a great point because when we, before COVID, that was the way that we functioned. We used to go to a library. We used to go to a quiet space. We used to go to the library all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Like sometimes after school. Right. And then if you were lucky, I would use some of my money to get a snack for you guys. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I think that it's so important that when you are trying to work, it, you do have a quiet space. Because sometimes that's how that's how much we used to get so much done. Me and the kids, homework, studying, and two or three hours. I mean, we were knocking out stuff. Plus, right, it was right. so quiet. Yeah, it was quiet. Not, no one was making noise, but we can't do that now because yeah, so much noise happening. The cats, the birds, yeah. everything. Right, right. We're lucky. We're, we're lucky. We're able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 pre, our previous apartment, my office was beside the kitchen in the living room. You know, and I'd be in the writers' room on Zoom, and you could just hear the TV from my son. My son's playing, and I'd be on mute, and then they'd be like. I'd have a pitch and then I'd unmute myself and you would just hear a wall of sound coming in. And then I'd, I'd mute myself again, you know? So it's, it's like, it's, it's hard. And like before, like I, I'm, I have insomnia. So like I would not do much during the day and then write from 11 PM to like 2 AM. And that would be like my normal. And, uh, but now that my son is in school, um, I can say, oh, let me get all that writing done during the day. Before he gets home. Before the little terror gets home. No. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Like with, I think everybody can relate that when it comes to these Zoom calls and stuff like that. I had one argument with this young man over here across from, from where you see. (laughs) And I told him, I said, listen, we have, we, there's some rules when you have students that are remote learning. So number one, you must not walk around naked. You must have a shirt. You must have pants. You know, can't do any of that. Try to maintain, you know, no noise. Just try to keep it quiet because everybody's in class. So my man, because he's special, walks in front of the kids' um, uh, laptops with no shirt. Just boxes on. Just, just boxes on. And just strolling through everybody's Zoom calls. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you walking around like that? You know the rules. In the household when people are remote learning. Yeah. And you want to know want to know the best thing about that part? What's the best part of that? Because I had my camera off the entire time. Oh well then that's good then. You love no, that. Time, you're like, Dad! And then you just cut the camera. <laughs> you shut that's the camera great. by the way. I, I mean twice. I usually have the camera off most of the time because I don't want to turn my camera on. Because well, well that doesn't matter now. Think about I'm, it. That's something the whole remote learning, that's something that wasn't planned last year, and you kind of had to get used to it. You kind of it was forced upon us. We have you to know, get used to. I just wake up and I just walk straight to the kitchen. You know, in my in my boxes. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. Oh. And he's like, Dad, you can use them. Oh snap! I got a shirt on. <laughs> I mean, there's worse stories. I mean, 
I've seen the memes. There's worse yeah, stories. Worse but, videos. Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah. I'm just saying, like the Zoom call, it, it's everybody can relate. It's hard. It's yeah. Hard. It's so funny because there'd be like I'm so comfortable without my shirt on at home, and it, it, it'd be mad hot. So like some days I'll have a Zoom. And I'll walk up to the Zoom and press start Zoom without a shirt on, you know, <laughs> and I'll be like, <laughs> and like, you know, like it takes like a few pop ups before Zoom starts. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait a minute. I'm I'm really cool right now. You know, like <laughs> and I'm, I'm really cool because I'm not wearing a shirt, you know, and I'll have to like run down to get a shirt and put it on and, and pretend like I've always been sitting here when I press start Zoom, you know. <laughs> Let's just pretend that nothing happened. Yeah, 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 yeah pretend yeah, like nothing awesome. happened. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so the real question I want to know is, why'd you move to L.A.? Or could have your career happened here in New York? You know, it's a good question. It's a good question. When you I, told like, us, when you told us that we were working, like, yo, I'm, I'm out of here next week. I'm like, what? <laughs> he, he didn't get nobody yeah, he didn't notice. Nobody <laughs> noticed. He just like... Just sprung the news on us, yo. I'm going to LA. I'm like, what? Go to LA. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saving up these last two, three weeks to save up money and I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And yeah. You know what? Like, I, I, there's a lot of reasons I left. Uh, like, I don't think I had a lot of drive in New York, to be completely honest. You okay. know, like, I, I was in New York and I was like trying here and there to, to like break in the industry. And, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't hustling like I should have been. And uh, a lot of people stay and and do well, you know. And uh, but I but that wasn't me. And like the a lot of people like you speak to that were professionals. They're like, if you want to be a writer, you should move to LA. And um and I remember I was telling my mom. My mom was like, when you gonna move out? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna move out in like a year to LA. And she was just like, what? Like I thought you were gonna move to like Brooklyn or something like that. And I was like, I'm gonna move to another. I'm gonna another go state. to the other end. Of the world. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I moved to LA and it, it like, it was, it, I think it was what I needed. Cause like, as soon as I moved to LA, it was like clocking in to a job, you know, like yeah. I, I hustle hard in LA. I work hard and, um, I feel like I'm, I feel like I work a lot harder than I did at my dream. Um, which is great for me, you know, that's good, man. But, that's good. but did you think that you couldn't have done it in New York? Like, I mean, talent is talent. Doesn't matter where, does it? Or 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 does it matter? I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Well, now you can come back to New York and just have like a whole different view being where he is now at his plateau and coming to New York. He's like, I made it. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, I'm back, guys. I'm back, I'm back I'm in New York. Back. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. Ironically, with COVID and everything being remote, um, you could live in New York and still be a writer anywhere. I mean, you know what I mean? It works, but most of the writer's rooms physically are in LA and you kind of like bump into more industry people in LA, you know what I mean? Um, and you work beside more people that have the same goals as you. Um, I think in New York, if I were to stay in New York, I would have had to have taken a more like um, being on set and being on New York shoots life more. Um, because there's a lot, there's a lot of great independent filmmaking happening in New York. And I would have had to take that route more, um, than the route that I took as the writer in LA. Um, and I feel like for a while, my goal was, oh, I'm going to make it in LA and then move back to New York and just like work remotely. I mean, and yeah. be like, be like that guy who can live in New York and only come to LA when I'm needed. 
but like I have a wife and a child here, but like my life is here now. Nice. So it's like, you know, I'm going to stay here, you know? That's it. You, you, you find your, your, your niche. Yeah. <laughs> I found, I found my nest, my nest yeah, in my yeah, home. He found his yeah. home. I know. He found his home. And you know what it is? It's like, I, I understand what he's saying about it's in New York. It's not that same hustle. It's not. It's like, it's a total different vibe over here. I mean, I've never been to LA myself. I mean, I would love come to visit you and bother you, but you know, <laughs> but for me, I can totally see you being that producer and being on, on, you know, city streets and filming and gathering your, 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 your thoughts and writing and being artistic and being creative and drawing all these things. And I could see that you doing it here in New York, but you could do it in LA too. But I feel like you have that, the, the ability to do both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I know that I'm not asking you to move, but I'm just saying. (laughs) No, because people always say like, if, if, because New York is like one of those cities that thrives 24 seven. Yeah. LA too. And it's very competitive when it comes to like the Broadway shows and acting and filmmaking and LA is just as competitive, but everyone always, the thought process was, you know, you hear from not just from Jay, but from other people who are wanting to be in the industry, industry, actors and stuff. They all they move out. west all the time. Right, right, right. You know, they move to L.A. to L.A. because, like he said, you bu- you bump into industry people all the time. Right. You could be at McDonald's and all of a sudden you could see like a, a like a, a producer in the back of the line. You're like, oh, snap, that's this person. You know, they because everybody lives a normal life right. outside of the industry. So but now when it comes to New York. They always say New York is hard to get into the industry. But then it said, you know, like the, the phrase, the catchphrase is always. If you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also the thing of like people, a lot of people go the other way to make it. You know, like people need, a lot of people need to leave their home to go somewhere else to do the thing they want to do. So there are people that will move from their hometown to New York and make it, you know, but I just let, but my hometown just happens to be the famous city of New York. So right. no, I tell fair. people I the moved from job. New York, they're like, wait, why did you move from New York? You know? And I'm just like, <laughs> for me personally, that was home. And I, and that was nor that was, um, that was neutral for me. New York was neutral ground and I needed to get out of neutral ground to like be who I am now. I love it. That's I love awesome. it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> but I, I want to kind of like figure out how did, how did you guys handle like the whole pandemic, I know like when it was here in New York, you know, it was bad. I know it was bad in, in, in California. Like, uh-huh. how did you guys handle it? Were you able to like, were you still working? But I think you mentioned it before that you still had the flexibility to still work. You know, you can still be New York based, but writers were still working. I mean, yeah. they were, you were able to still do that, right? Yeah, I was. I was, I, you know, I was, I was very blessed and lucky that I broke in and got my job as a writer three weeks before lockdown you know no so and it's just, yeah three weeks before lockdown is when i got this job something i've been waiting 11 years to get happened and then like i remember being in the writer's room physically going like this is the best thing ever i'm in a writer's room with professional writers in the industry on a tv show and then three weeks in there are like nobody come to the office and i was just like uh, I'll, I'll come in. Do you need me to come in? You know, like you want me to be there? I'll be there. Um, but you know, we're, so we can all do everything from zoom now. Um, and it works perfectly fine, you know, all over zoom. And my wife was able to work remotely as well. And my son was in daycare at the time and can't go to daycare. So we had to have him at home, which is why you'd be able to hear him in the background on zoom. 
Um, the only downside is that they shoot the show in Canada. And okay. traditionally, the, the episode that you wrote, you're able to go on set and watch them shoot it. And that's something I wanted oh, to do. that's so cool. Yeah, that's something I wanted to do because I'm, I'm a director, you know? So I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to direct for TV. But since COVID, um, you know, there weren't, like Canada was not really letting Americans, Americans into the country um, to an extent, you know? You can't blame them. Yeah. It was a big lockdown. Obviously, you all know about the lockdown. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the people who did go had to do extensive COVID testing and quarantine um, the professionals to, to go and shoot the show. Um, and as far as like family life with COVID, you know, like my family's in New York and my wife's family's in Chicago. So we weren't able to see them. Oh, so you for, can even see them. You can even see them. And um, we just stayed home and we that, at the time we lived um i mean we live in la but we lived in a, in a, a nice we, we we just moved from a neighborhood that we really loved and there are lots of parks so it's great that i was able to take my son out to the playgrounds and parks to to like burn time and get yeah. get his energy out you know but we we like didn't go anywhere and see anyone for like months on end oh yeah same you time. know and I think it was like nine months in when we went to the park and we did like a, so, uh, a social distance hangout with friends where friends were like 12 feet away and we're like, Hey, you know, like yelling at each other. Um, but that, and, but that just took so much bravery to say, should we even do this? You know? Um, but I'm, I'm happy that I broke in though. And it was hard like talking to people about it because I'm like having the time of my life writing on the TV show, but yeah. like a lot of sadness is going on around the you world. You can't gloat about it. Yeah. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't gloat. Yeah. You can't be like, yo. It's so wrong, like having that conversation. I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Yo, <laughs> what i'm doing and then like yeah but, this guy just got fired yeah, meanwhile, yeah this guy lost his job he, he, he you know lost daycare i can't work and it's just like oh man I, if i say something i'm gonna look like the biggest jerk uh dude, yeah i know you wanted to spread the news quick right you wanted to i everybody. did i did and i couldn't i i mean i told when i got hired i put it on facebook and that was it yeah I remember, was just, I remember that post yeah radio silence for me like i if you look at 20 2020 and most of 2021 i'm barely on facebook now you know um i'm so i'm just like you know just being quiet and rocking my and trying to like rocket my job and my new career and you know there's a lot of sad things happening in the world and it's just hard to say oh i'm finally doing well at the thing i wanted to do but the world still sucks you know it's all about that timing yeah timing sucked anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like oh you know and it's like you feel you feel terrible in a sense it's just like i want to share this great news but i don't want to sound yeah you don't want to sound me i don't want to be that yeah. guy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but at that point did you ever think of like going back to new york like to visit family because i know like you're everybody's in the bronx right you said oh no yeah. your wife's um, family's in chicago so yeah. i mean you guys obviously couldn't travel but i mean did you guys would you ever think of the opportunity of, like going back just to see everybody now like now things are like simmering down yeah 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 well, we would love to like it's uh but obviously we can't take my son because he's under the age of who can be um vaccinated yeah. um so we don't want to take him on a plane i heard the planes are packed 
you know. Yeah, dude, it's packed. Yeah, I heard they're packed. They're bad. Yeah, like, yeah. We traveled last year to Disney in November, and and it was like it was yeah, it happened. was spread out. It was like every other seat, every other row was like empty, and mm-hmm. then we went to Phoenix in March. Yeah, it was like packed to the gills. Yeah, I, I don't get it. They, they make you social distance to get into the plane. But yeah, we all like sardines in the seats, in the seats. You know? <laughs> right next to each other. In the plane. The, and the worst like part about Arizona is that it wasn't even hot that day, I know. that week. Yeah. I know. You were so upset because it was only like freaking cold. I know. And, and the food was good, though. It's what it is. It's about timing. Yeah, it's about timing. Yep. <laughs> we well, came they, at the worst week, especially when it rained. Well, they got hot now. It rained that month. <laughs> it's hot now. Arizona, <laughs> Arizona got hot. hot. <laughs> they got you like a heat it. dome. <laughs> You know, yeah. when I spoke to him yesterday, you know, we FaceTime, he said we got a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, California got hot. It's hot right now. It's hot, but I like it. I like California because it's not like, you know, I'm about to talk crap about New York, but New York, when New York gets hot, it gets sweaty hot. I can fight oh, the air. I can taste, I can just grab the air and put a, put a bun on the air. <laughs> And just take a bite out of it as a meal. It's a- <laughs> I bet you can really cook food outside. That Legit. 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 At least you got that smog, you know, your smog with your air sandwich, you know. We do, we have. <laughs> we oh, Yo, we live like we live like three miles from the beach now, which oh, is nice. great. Oh, we call that's it, awesome. It's the west side, and you open up a window on the west side and you get a breeze, and it's beautiful. But if you go to like Burbank. Where they they live, there's like mountains surrounding it, so the heat gets trapped in there. Yeah, and it is hot, Ooh. and like that's where I shot um, David at daytime, and okay. in in like the valley, we call it the valley. And uh, the worst part about shooting in the valley is that when you're shooting a film, you have to turn everything off that makes noise, and you know what makes the loudest noise? The fridge. So there's no ice, there's no cold water mm-hmm. unless you have it in a cooler. And so we're shooting this film and it's a heat wave and everyone's chugging water. That's room temperature. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't turn the fridge on, you know, you got to turn the fridge off um, for sound, but it's uh, you know, it's part of living in LA, you know, the life you got to get used to. <laughs> you got to get used to it. Yeah. It's LA things, you know, I always say it's not New York, you know, so it's not New York, but I just want to talk about a little bit more about how did you get your break into, you know, into that industry? I know that when you started doing the short films and with Existential Donut, that was back in 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah. And when you were talking about all the great news that you wanted to share, why don't you tell us that story about how all that had happened? Like, how did that how did that come to be? Yeah. With everything like three getting your foot in the door, man. Three weeks before the pandemic. Like, how, yeah. like, you got to be lucky. Like, yeah. Like, it, it was, that's such a great story. I, w- I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I was, uh, I, I want to start way back because I feel like for other people trying to break in, it's important to know where I started. And when I moved to LA um, in 2009, obviously I moved during the recession, you know, right. and there were no jobs out here. The irony is, you know, I was trying to transfer to a chase job in, in California and there were like no chases out here. The corporate center was in San Francisco, San Francisco, which is San Francisco LA. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, that was so far from LA. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to quit, you know, and I move out here <laughs> struggling to find a job. And what happens? Chase buys Washington Mutual. 
So as I'm struggling to find a job, you just see chases popping up everywhere. everywhere. You know, like because it was it all it used to be Washington Mutuals. Um, and I was just like, man, if I'd have waited like a year or two, there would probably would have been a place for me to work out here. But yeah. But whatever, I can that's that's in the past. So I did a few internships that were unpaid. And um, because that's when internships were unpaid, now they're paid. I burned through all my saved money. I saved about I saved about 14 grand to move out here. Okay. I burned through all of it. I had to do a bunch of temp jobs that I hated. I got a retail job at FedEx that was like the reason why I was able to stay because it was um, normal money, but it was minimum wage. Right. I was like living check to check, working bad hours. And then I got a job at a digital ad agency where I was working during the day and I was making adult money for the first time, you know? And I shot David at daytime. And when I shot David at daytime, I didn't have enough money to submit it to all these film festivals. I was still pretty broke. So I only submitted it to like three. And one of them was the one y'all saw in New York. In New York, you know? yeah, yeah. In New York yeah, that's the one we saw, yeah. That's the one you saw. Um, and then I, but it didn't go to a lot of places, you know? But people who saw it were like, oh, this is cool, this is really creative. And then I got the, the head of HR at the ad agency I worked at got taken by BuzzFeed. And she was just like, hey, you know, you should come to BuzzFeed. Her and another gentleman named Curly, who is on Pedalike, they were like, yeah, you should Curly. come over here. Because I, I, Curly worked with us at love the Curly. ad agency. Yeah. We love Curly, yeah, he, He's Salvadorian. a great guy. Love that yeah, guy. he's Salvadorian. Yeah. Um, great guy. A good friend. And him and Melissa were, were, um, were like, you should come to BuzzFeed. Um, and I came to BuzzFeed as a production coordinator. And when I got there, they got rid of the, the um, scripted department, which is the reason why I wanted to go there. And they got rid of it like uh, probably a year after I started. And I was like, oh man, this sucks. Um, so I was like doing a lot of reality type things. And I decided I'm going to make another short film. And if I make another, I have, I have making decent money now. And I know more people that could yeah. make it. It could look really good. Um, so I was able to save up money and I was able to raise money to make this, this film. And the important part about making it is that I make it something that's Jason, make it really weird, make it really different. So that if you yeah. saw it at a film festival, it would stand out. Um, so I made it and I invited every soul that I knew to go watch it. And, uh, people loved it and they're like, Oh my God, Jason can write, you know, Jason's a good writer. And they started using me at Buzzfeed to write things which is like the, and which is like the reason I started getting more credits at Buzzfeed as a writer. And then the, uh, someone at Buzzfeed who was the, uh, in the casting department, her wife is a writer on in the dark. And I gave her my script and she gave it to her wife. And in the meantime, I was like writing shows for Buzzfeed. My film was going into a ton of festivals. And at some point on like a Tuesday night, Molly, said, uh, my wife is reading your script right now and wants to have you in for an interview tomorrow, which was on a Wednesday. What? You know? And I was just like, oh my God. Like, I was like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and this is like, this is like 11 years after moving to LA, you know? So I'm just like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is crazy. So I come in for the interview on a Wednesday and I was, I remember smiling. I had a tie on. You know, I had a button down shirt. I had my resume in my hand. I didn't need my resume. Ready. I was ready, you know? Ready. And uh, I left the interview and I remember going to Molly and at work and going, thank you so much for getting me an opportunity to interview. You know, not even thinking I would get it. Just like, thank you for the opportunity to interview. Right. 
And then like an hour later, I got a call saying they want to do a second interview with you at the CW. And I was just like, what? And they were like, they want to do it tomorrow, which would have been Thursday. But I was like, can I get a day, like another, can you do it on Friday? Cause I wanted like to prepare. Cause I wasn't able to prepare for the first interview. So they moved it to Friday. And I was like, told my job. I was like, I got to go to like a doctor's appointment, you know, <laughs> I got to go to a doctor's appointment, you know, but I had my interview, my interview clothes in my car, you know, <laughs> so, went to the interview at the CW and uh, it went well. I was nervous, but it went well, you know, and it's, it's like hype to go into the CW office, you know, yeah. it's like, man, isn't that hype? And then I, I leave that and I go home. And I get a missed call from, from CBS. And I was just like, why CBS called me? You know, I was just like, I just interviewed at CW. And it's because CBS and CW co-produced the show. And I didn't, like, I didn't know oh, that at the moment. You know? Okay. I, yeah, I would have known. I would have known that. So I didn't know that because the show airs on the CW. So I was just like, uh, CBS. And the, the missed call was just like, Yo, if you can give me a call back, I'm someone such and such from CBS. So I give him a call back, and he's just like, "Hey, so you had a? I heard you had a great interview at the CW. We would love the chance to interview you, but we need you to start on Monday." And I was just like, "What? Wait, wait, wait. this was Thursday? This is Friday? This, this is Friday? Friday? This is Friday? Oh my god! This is Friday. I was like, y'all want to interview you? You want to interview me? He's just like, we would love the chance to, but." Everyone else loves you. So you you start on Monday. And I was like, do I, um, can I put in two weeks notice? And he was just like, uh, you start on Monday. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and so I'm like flipping out. But there's, you know, you know, it's funny. There was no one at home yet. My wife wasn't home. My son wasn't home. And, you know, like I'm flipping out by myself. <laughs> in the house. I got no, I, I got no place to put this energy. I was like, <laughs> right, <we're right> now. <laughs> we're right now, right now. So I'm like trying to text people, but everybody's working. You know, they're like, call me back. I'm like, yo, you call me, call me. You know. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, what do I do? So initially, I was just like, maybe I can. I don't know how long this season's gonna last. I was like, you know, I'll put in like, I'll do like a, a leave, a leave of absence at my job. And then I'll do this right on the show. And when it's over, I'll come back to my job. So I yeah. asked HR, I was like, how, how long is leave of absence? And they're like, I think it's like 10 weeks or something like that, or some, 10 or 15 or something like that. And then they sent me the contract for writing on the show. And it said 20 weeks minimum. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, I ain't doing that. And I was just like, I'm just going to quit. <laughs> I'm just gonna quit. So he said it on this show. Yeah, I'm just gonna quit. I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> I'm just gonna quit. That's it. So I sent the email to everybody. I was like to my manager, to the head of the department, and to HR. It's like, yo, I'm really sorry, but I'm not coming in on Monday. <laughs> I'm not coming in on Monday. It's a wrap. And then um. My boss didn't read it because it was like 6 p.m. is when I when I figured out was like, I'm just gonna quit. So I emailed. And so I texted her. I was like, hey, I know it's kind of late, but you might want to check your email. <laughs> check that email. <laughs> I'm gonna check your email, you know? And so she immediately checked it. 
And then she called me back. She was like, what happened? And I was like, yo, I'm a writer on a TV show now. And she was like, what? You know, and she was like, <laughs> everybody was hyped. And I, cause everyone in LA knows I want to be a writer, you know? So there was no surprise when I was just like, I'm quitting to be a writer. So she was just like super happy for me. Super, super happy. Oh, that's so good. That's like, awesome. That's awesome. Like they were so happy for you because like, I would be mad. Like, I had to leave, like, so, like, without notice. I'm right. like, how am I going to do that? Yeah. But it was something that, it, it was it was meant to be, Jason. It was meant yeah. to be, meant to be It was meant to be. Meant to be. Meant to be. I was just like, and, and then Monday, she, so she was like, you might, you want to record a video that we could show them since you're starting on Monday? Or do you want to call in? And I can, like, hold, like, I can put you on, like, the big screen and call everyone to a meeting. And I tried to record a few, like, goodbye videos. But then I was just like, let's just, I'll just call in. Right. So I called in, in my car, right in front of my new job. I called my old job, video call. And she had everyone in front of her phone. And then I told everybody, I was like, yo, I'm not coming back because I'm, I'm on a TV show. And they all screamed. They're all like, oh, my God, because everyone knew that I want to be a writer. You know, it's not nice, a secret, nice. you know. <laughs> so when I started at the show and in the dark, I was just, I was just hyped to be there like if you looked at me my this is my face like the joker i would have been like i was like the whole time right the whole time <laughs> if you looked at me you could have said something mad sad you could have been like yo somebody's died i'd have been like you just know <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> that would oh, be the whole man. time i was just smiling because oh, i was so happy good, to be man. there you know, um, grin to grin, grin to, yeah. Oh my goodness, I was so happy. This is 11 years in the waiting, so and I was telling everybody, Thank you. Like, every day, I was like, Yo, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They'd be like, Yo, Okay, okay, it's good, it's good, it's good. You know, I go, But thank you, thank you for real. You know, um, so it was, it's that's like how it happened. Um, and another thing I'll add if there's any writers listening is I've written like 12 pilots and like. So many other things. I've written so much and like it's taken literally taken like 10 years to get good as a writer. So like it sounds like an overnight success to a lot of people, but I call it my 11 year overnight success because it was a lot of struggle to get yeah, to that. To that point. You want to yeah. interview tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You that know, a good and story. It is, you know what it is? It's like that gives you the motivation to continue writing because now somebody has recognized your gift. Yeah. You know it's a feel good yeah. story. It's such a feel good story. Yeah. It, 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 it would have sucked. You would have came back after 10 years. Like I'm going back to New York and we're, yo, what happened? You know, but this is a good, it a good, work out. has a happy ending, bro. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like one of the things I, I tell people is when I go, like if I have to come back to New York or if it didn't work out, you have, you kind of have to look back and ask what you did in your time there. And making short films that like got into festivals and yeah. getting to write at BuzzFeed and doing all those other things were still wins for me. So that it wasn't like, um, what were you doing for the past 10 years? You know what I mean? Like, right. were you just like uh, no, just writing and I was working, you know, <laughs> and I tell that to everybody. You got to like, even if you're not writing for like a big place, you still got to put in work, you know, like you still right. got to work, do the work. So that it's not for lack of trying, you know? That's good, man. That's good. Happy to hear that, man. All right. So now that we know you're part of CW's In the Dark team, Yo. in the dark, you know, show. That's amazing. Like, what can you tell us about the TV show itself? Because I never heard of it until you posted it 
on Facebook last year when you were part uh-huh. of the team. Oh, what is the show? And I'm a big fan of CW. I watch River, uh, Riverdale. Yeah. The uh, Flash, the Green Arrow, you know, a lot of most of their stuff. They're like, always throwing out great their shows. Their DC stuff. They, they're all, they're all, and Supergirl and all that stuff at that time. It was, they got a good stuff, man. Uh-huh. A lot of good stuff at CW. Um, the show In the Dark is about a blind woman who has to solve the murder of her friend. And her friend was like a drug dealer. But he was like a really good friend to her. like, And he treated her really well. And she loved his company. And basically, she spends the whole season solving his crime. And then going into a world of like drugs and crime okay. while doing that, you know, and basically season two goes deeper into that. And season three, which is airing right now, like every every season kind of changes and she's put in different circumstances, but it's mostly from her point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So and like me as a writer, I love drama and I love crime. Who doesn't you know? love drama? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love drama. I love crime. I like drama. I like Listen, that's the number one seller in podcasting, bro. True crime stories. True crimes. Drama. Drama. Suspense. Well, I All like that good drama stuff. sometimes because sometimes you create a lot of it, so you must yeah. love it. I must. I must be obsessed with it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, just sarcasm, just <laughs> oozing from you. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so listen, Jay. Uh, we're proud of you. We're happy. Uh, we're gonna start watching the show now that you're on. Thank you. Part Thank of the, you. Part of the staff, you know, like you know, and I like shows like that, you know, like. That has like little drama, suspense, a little bit stuff like that. You know, it's really cool to watch. So now we're gonna get to the nitty gritty, the family life, bro. Oh man, family life. Yeah. So we know you moved to LA. You got married, had a family. What's the family dynamic like? Family dynamic. I mean, right, right now my, my son is still pretty young. He's like um, three and a half years old. Um, and like me, my wife is an artist in LA. She's like a pretty popular artist. She's, she's awesome. If you go like the ACLU building down here in LA has all of her art on the front side. Um, her name is Audrey Chan and she's like a train station, little Tokyo that they've been building for the past like seven years. And the entire inside of it has her artwork on it. I think it's opening up in like a year. So we are like a super creative family mm-hmm. um, here. And like we try to have our son draw a lot because both of us can draw, and he loves, 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 loves drawing, you know. But we are the we are an, an artsy family because we're just like a, a super creative family, um, which is like the life I want. I think the thing that when in a life partner that I love is having someone who like accepts me for me, and we're both each other's like cheerleaders, mm-hmm. you know. So like when I'm writing things that are original, my wife knows how weird my stories can get. So sometimes when they're too normal, she's like, doesn't sound Jason. This is not working. Yeah, this is not Jason Pierre. <laughs> yeah. This is not the guy I married. Who, who this is, is the guy? Yeah. This is not the guy. You know, she's, <laughs> she's like, I know you can come up with weirder, with weirder stuff than this. Like, I know your brain. Um, <laughs> you know? And uh, like, I, one of the things I like, I, I love about my wife is, I tell a lot of stories about my life in the Bronx that I find ironic, you know, like there's things I think that are funny about the way I grew up. And, but a lot of my writing was science fiction. So she was like, you should write a story based on your time in the Bronx. And for a while, it was like, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, I would read it, Jay, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And in I wrote it. In a heartbeat. So I wrote it. I wrote it. I wrote a pilot. It's called Grand Concourse. Um, and I'll tell you about it off air. I don't want to have it on. I'll, I'll, all out in okay. the world. I don't want to sell it one day, but I wrote it. And you know what? That's the script that got me hired 
on the show. Nice. No nice. way. That's the script, you know? See, your wife saw the potential. She knew it. She knew it. She knew, she knew it. it. She knew it. She was just like, yo, you got to write something about the stuff you did growing up. You know, things that I just think are like funny about the South Bronx, you know, like, so I was just like, like, I have a story that happened to me, real talk, real, real story that happened to me. I went, so I went to art school and I got my face painted. There's like a, a, a girl at the, at the high school I went to used to paint, paint, um, face paint faces yeah. and like really cool designs, you know? So one day she paints my face as like a tiger. And I was like, yo, this is dope, you know? But it's like, she, it's like sick the way she does it, you know? And I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to the Bronx like this, you know? Uh, so, mistake number one, Jay. Why would you do that? I was like, I'm gonna go back to the Bronx. So I go back, I'm on the train, and people are looking at me real weird, like, yo, that's some people are like, yo, that's really cool, it's really dope, whatever, whatever. So I go back, I get off on the train, it's why I lived on Prospect. And right on Prospect, it's like a, 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 a bodega there. And I go in, and I used to go there all the time. So I go in, I was like, yo, this is dope. And he's like, yo, this is dope, because he knows who I am. He's like, yo, that's dope. That's crazy. <laughs> this guy walks in, and he asks the guy, so he's like, yo, can I get a big paper bag? And so he starts giving this big bag. He looks at me. He goes, yo, that's really cool. He's like, I got a mask, too. So he pulls out a Batman mask, and he pulls out a gun. Yo, <laughs> you're lying. I'm not lying. I am not lying. But he goes, yo, that's a cool mask. I got a, I got a mask too. Pulls out the mask, pulls out the gun, and he proceeds to go to the store next to ours. And then the guy in the bodega I'm with, he goes, yo, Jason, go home. And he's just like, go home. And I was like, okay. And I just get out and I speed walk home. You know what I mean? And I'm just speed walking, just like chilling like this. And then like I'm, I'm speed walking and somebody comes by me. You know, and somebody walks by me. He's like, yo, that's mad dope, man. But I wouldn't do that in the Bronx. Man. <laughs> 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 real real oh, talk man. that really happened you know and then uh and it's this it's this funny and i i find it funny because i'm like an adult now and i'm chill you know like back then i was like scared i was like oh my god oh my god but now who wouldn't be who wouldn't be right but as an adult i'm like yo and i used to tell my wife these stories like yo babe you want to hear a really funny story <laughs> She's probably like, thinking in, her, in the back of her mind, this is not really funny. This is scary, sweetheart. <laughs> really scary. She, and she's not laughing at all. She's just like, <laughs> like what is dude? What I, I could just picture like if this ever comes to fruition, I could just picture like a GoPro on the head, just running, <laughs> just running, <laughs> and the whole camera just shaking. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like they, I, I find it, I find it funny now. So, Jay, Jay, uh, I have an idea for you. I have an idea for you. Off camera, off, off camera. camera. <laughs> off camera. camera. <laughs> but you should totally do like an animated series of Grand Concourse. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be so freaking funny just to do that because I know that they have like um, story corps that they mm-hmm. have uh-huh. like um, these short stories that how they dissect uh, the, all the story, know, but they make them into shorts and they make them into little shorts. Yeah, dude, I've seen you them. would kill it. It would, yeah. it would nice. kill it. It would, it would be. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. It's funny because when people read Grand Concourse, like I didn't, so I didn't live in the Grand Concourse, but it was like a great name. Um, uh, but like when people read the script that I wrote based on my life, people are just like, this feels so detailed. What happened and what didn't happen in this, you know? Um, it's because I lived it, you know? 
But and it's like the funny part is I've always been a nerd. So whenever I'm telling these stories of what happened like in the hood, quote unquote, it's from the point of view of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jason. I would, I would to you to that. You know, don't, don't don't come to me. Somebody wants to fight. I'm not. I'm not fighting nobody. You know. <laughs> don't come to me. Don't come to me. I'm about to talk my way out of anything that's gonna happen oh, right so now. <laughs> Over here. Oh my god. <laughs> over here. <laughs> man. Oh man. But you know what it is? I think like when you have that as a foundation, I think that just gives you the 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 goal just to be so creative and just in your writing because you live that type of life. Like I like how do you find that balance between Keeping yourself funny, keeping yourself grounded, yes. being humble, and being a dad Listen, and being yeah, a husband. Like, how do you balance? I, that? I know by just by being friends with Jay for so long and not seeing him, but just interacting with him for the last eleven years and us him telling the story. I know his parenting style already. He's the storyteller <laughs> in the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, and I'm pretty sure you tell stories to your son while he goes to bed, right? Or or he just or just not yet. Yeah, we tell stories. We but we read. I we read a lot. We're like a a, a big library is what our house is. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm a storyteller. But he's too young to like get the old oh, yeah, stories. Yeah, you know, to get your humor. Yeah, yeah, to get yeah. yeah, but I can yeah. see like when the when the when he's like our like the boys' age, I can totally see you guys like going back and forth yeah. and just having that type of relationship. I mean, that's something that I always look forward to. Like when they were little, uh-huh. but when they were little, they were they were bad. So how do you guys balance that work life? <laughs> we're back. You, what happens is you guys were a lot to handle and you guys were Still so are. close in age. Uh, like you, yeah, they were two years apart. So it was tough on me. Like the first like two or three years, it was really hard on me. Well, what but, was that? No, it's just like you guys were little and, you know, daddy worked a lot of hours and I was home mostly by myself. But it was hard because, you know, when daddy came home, he was tired. So I didn't really, you know. It's hard to balance, you know. Parenting is not—it's not for everybody. <laughs> well, now we can maybe kind of take care. Yeah, of Yeah, you guys are self-sufficient now. You don't have to bother us anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Self-sufficient to the point where he could cook his own eggs, but one time he almost lit the house on fire, so he's done. <laughs> hey, but between between your wife and you, like finding the time to write and being creative, like how is it that you guys are just like? just doing it like that's that's the only thing i could say like you know with myself and andre now like we found another niche in our life that we have found joy in and trying to do the podcast and things like that and it gives us the opportunity to even talk to like awesome people like you and try to learn from one another and just like continuing and learning because we're still learning you know i there's you never stop learning between myself going to nursing school and trying to balance life between two kids and you know, trying to still have time for myself and my husband and trying to just, just live, just live. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I applaud you for doing all the awesome stuff that you're doing, man. I applaud you, man. We're so like, I'm so happy. Like we were able to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's life is exciting, you know, and there's, there's always something to learn. And, uh, I like, it's, it's great to be in a moment where my son is like growing and he's learning so much and it's like now he draws so much and we draw so it's like so fun to draw with him and it's like it's like everything everything's exciting right now especially since both of our careers are popping off too 
you know? And uh, right now, since I'm not in the writer's room, uh, I get to do a lot of writing during the day, which makes, uh, which makes it easy to get a lot of work in. Um, but yeah, it's like an exciting time. And I, I love it. And I love learning. And I want to see, see myself grow. You know, we're all, we're all like really young people, too. Um, so we have, we have so much to learn and do. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for where everything's going to go personally, you know, the, the world and politics is a, another scary thing to think about, oh, but it's oh, like, yeah. I know, like personally, I think I can, I can keep growing myself. Yeah. Adrian, you got a question? No, but I have a something to say. Okay. Go ahead. I think that Jason is a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I think he would be a very nice person to talk to. Oh, Jay is awesome. Oh, he's he's awesome. awesome. Since you guys known him for so long, what was your favorite part about being with him? Oh, we, we we used to work together. We used to go to lunch, and I remember we used to go to Taco Bell all the time. All the time. Take a walk, and his favorite thing was a, a spicy crunch wrap. Wow. And I'm not sure if he still eats it. I don't know if he still eats spicy crunch wraps. <laughs> but that was his thing, and he Jay, would never try anything else. Jason, I you, want that. You see, you see how good his memory is, right? Phenomenal. Right? Phenomenal. That applies to you only, because when it comes to other things that yeah, I I'm say, forgetful. he's very forgetful. So no, because that was our thing. I know. It, it was me, him, and my brother. We used to, all three of us used to go. If it's not him, it would have been Anthony. Well, Anthony never went to Taco Bell, but it was Mike sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was always me, him, and my brother, all three of us at the same time. Because wow. he, he kept ordering the same thing over and over. And we would go like every Friday. I think it was like every Friday. Oh, my God. Take a walk. Well, since he ordered it every single time, you would never forget his order. Exactly. You would probably just say the usual, please. Yeah. Man, I can't. I haven't had Taco Bell in a very long time, probably like eight or nine years. You don't have wow. to. You got Jack in the Box. You got the George Lopez restaurant. <laughs> yeah. You get real tacos. Well, I get like real Mexican food in yeah. California. I'm it's hating on you crazy. right now, man. You must. They must have the best food out oh. there. I'm hating on you right yes. now. The best. I like you. It's it's so crazy. Like I don't know why anyone in LA touches Taco Bell. When there's like real authentic, yeah. authentic Mexican food, like the food trucks, you go, you go to a random, random food truck that you've never been to in the middle of nowhere. The tacos are probably going to be popping, you know, <laughs> it's you like the that. There's a long line. That's yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that's a signal, you know, but it's it's there's actually there's a, a Mexican restaurant. Like when I first moved here, it was a Mexican restaurant in Eagle Rock named um, Delia's. That's her name. And when I came there, I would go there because I had no job, no nothing. And I would go there in the middle of the day to eat like lunch. Yeah. And then one day she was just like, like, what's your story? And I was like, oh, like I'm struggling. I'm trying to find a job, you know, like, uh, but like, I really like the food. So I keep coming. The, the, the best person in the world. And then her, it was hard to stay open because of the recession. And then um, her restaurant right now is crazy busy. And I go out there and I tell her like every few years, I'm like, oh, this is how I'm doing. And she's like, I'm so happy for you. But all that to say, Mexican food out here is popping. You know, South American <laughs> food out here is popping. No, but you bring up a great point that you were able to find those people. Yeah. And sometimes that you need the help. And sometimes, you know, they were like your little guardian angels. And I think that that was mm-hmm. one of the success stories that you can talk about that, you know, you had your friends, you had your family supporting you mm-hmm. at a time that you, you thought that, man, this is, this is 11 years. 
in the works and uh, it, it took a long 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 road to yeah. get where you are but I'm, I'm so excited to see what you have coming up and i'm so excited that you you know everything is just working in your favor and um i mean what is the message that you want to give the young writers out there because you know this is about following your dreams like you're, yeah, you're not just young writers not everyone, just everybody everyone. not just young writers but everybody like we're all here trying to find our niche we're trying to have our voids filled in those donut holes filled yeah. in yeah, you know? yeah. what's what's that message you want to you know tell everybody out there um you know like follow follow your your follow your dream and try to be realistic and and patient you know like the don't let anyone tell you that something you want is not worth running after. Um, cause there's a, you know, there's a lot of haters in the world that would be oh, like, Oh, haters, haters. There's a lot of haters that would be like, Oh, haters. that's not realistic for you to do that. Or, or why would you even try that? There's a lot of that that'll go around. Um, but my whole thing is to say, like, if someone wants to do something, I'm always the first person to be like, Oh, I know a friend that you should talk to, you know, that could like help you go in that direction. Because I feel like when you do, when you do something that you love, you do it the best. It's like passion, there's soul in there when it's something you love. And I have, I have soul in writing, you know, and I, I love it. And I want people to be happy with the thing they do, you know, so pursue it, pursue it and find cheerleaders and then be other people's cheerleaders. Um, Cause I, I, I like hyping my friends up. I keep telling people out here, there are people that are like, oh, can I pick your brain? And, you know, can you give me some help or I mean, some advice? And I'll give people advice. They'll be like, oh, my God, thank you for responding to me. Um, no one else has responded, but thank you for giving me advice. And I was just like, yeah, I want everybody to be rich. You know, <laughs> I want everybody to get money. All the tacos we want together. <laughs> together. You know, I want everybody to be rich. You know, that's that's the goal. You know, and even on a larger scale. As far as the United States, we need to grow the middle class. The middle class needs to get bigger, you know? hundred percent. hundred percent. We need to grow the middle class, you know? And also people of color like us, you know, like we need to see ourselves in stories. We need to see ourselves represented on television, you know? Even when you can watch a movie that sucks and you'll see someone of your same background and feel hype for a minute. You'll be like, oh my God, that's, that's how I can see myself in that story. You know what I mean? So I want it to be like, we, we need to have dope stories that are from cultures like us, you know? But that's why we have you, Jay. Yeah. You're going to be the yeah. front runner to make sure that those stories are going to get out there, man. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. all falls on your shoulders. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. So, talking, about stories, pressure. talking about stories, you got a new one coming out called The Stew, right? Yeah, I have a new short coming out called The Stew. And it's ironically talking about food. It's a, It's about food. Um, it's about a, a man who's trying to keep, um, he's trying to cook his family's traditional stew for his son's wedding. Mm -hmm. And he can't, he like, can't get it to taste like his mother's recipe. So he kind of goes down a, uh, like lane. a whole memory lane and a hole of regret trying to get the recipe to, to happen again. Um, this is not as complicated as existential donut, but hopefully it's as emotional, you know? Yeah. Like I saw the I saw both trailers, and I see uh, the actor looks like you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I been so, on purpose. Been on purpose. Been Maybe on purpose. I don't know. Maybe. 
One of my friends, one of my friends, he was working on it and he was just like, he called him the Jason guy. I was like, no, that's not his name, right? And he's like, but he looked just like you. <laughs> he's the Jason guy. And I was like, all right, whatever. You can call him the Jason guy. Oh, man. I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, when's it coming out? You don't know when it's coming out yet? Or are you still like, uh, I'm it? still trying to get into some film festivals and see okay. it. All right, no problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the trailers look nice, man. I like the trailers. Oh, so far, so good, man. Do you have any other other projects you're working on in the coming months? Or like, are you kind of like just like focusing on just like relaxing? You know, like the kids and I, we're going to be going camping soon. And oh, awesome. Yeah. So like, do you have any plans like that coming up? Um, I'm always writing new things. And the goal I want to do is I want to write and direct my own micro budget feature length film. Um, okay. that's, that, that's what I want to do next. And then, you know hanging out with my family until I start in the, the writer's room again in September. Um, so just like taking, taking my son out to like mini trips and, uh, and just like, just different things like that to like mix up the summer. But yeah. um, Jason, just tell everybody where they can find you. Um, yeah. You can find me on my, on Instagram, Jason dream stuff. Um, there's a lot of art on there. If you like looking at art and my website is jasonpierre.net if you want to see all the things I've been working on um, and watch in the dark it's it's on Wednesdays on the CW. If you wait till the end, you'll see my name on there. It's the staff writer, Jason Pierre and episode six of this season is the one that I co-wrote. So you'll see my name on okay. the front. Yeah. <laughs> on the front. Nice. On the front. Yeah. You'll see it on the front. You I'll know? be so hyped to go. See so if thing. we see the show, the episode, will we know it's your writing? Like, cause we know how you write already. So will oh, we no. know or like, or we won't know? You won't know. It's like, you know, like when you're a writer on a TV show, you have to write in the style of the show. Okay. You know? So it's, it's, it's squarely the style of the showrunner. It's her show. That's what I'm writing, you know? Okay. Right. Um, so, so yeah. Oh man, this is awesome. This is awesome. So Jay, I got, I have two things to ask you. Go for it. What is it that's going to be like the nail for you like you're going to say i've made it like this is me your end goal your end end goal right he's gonna do the micro that was a lot of words that he said in that one sentence micro Micro budget budget. feature film there you go like i couldn't i couldn't get it together is it is it seeing your name on a big billboard is it like yeah like like, like, what's your like like you we already know you got your foot in the door what kind of what will cemented yes like, yes like i made it like seeing your name out on the billboard seeing your name like like you took a picture on, on with, with your name in the background with, with that with the logo i made it you know like <laughs> <laughs> or is it like the star on the you know on the hollywood, hollywood like a hollywood thing? floor like like what is it for you that it says oh this is it like or if you're on a show or being yeah so what was it that is it just seeing your name in the in the credits you know i think I want to make a really, really weird black as hell feature length film and have everyone watch it. And like, I want to be referred to as the guy that you'll say, let's get high and watch a Jason Pierre movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. That is That's amazing. What... Yeah. That is amazing. Let's get high. If someone says that to me, like, I don't know them, a stranger, a complete stranger. And I'm walking by a movie theater and someone's just like, yo, let's just get high and watch a Jason Pierre film. I'll be happy. I'll be like, I did it. I'm I set. did it. I'm, I'm set. set. 
<laughs> you know? Look at that. Never it's life. so simple. It's so not simple. a billboard. <laughs> He's just overhearing somebody. Yo, let's watch Jason Pierre movie. Let's get out of it. And he'll have a smile. Yo, did so. you see that new Jason Pierre movie? What? Like, no, no, no. It's in the theaters now. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. That's, that's where it is. That's where it is. That's where it is. You know? And it'd be great to have a billboard in the Bronx. <laughs> it would. <laughs> In, in, in Grand Concourse, in Grand Concourse <laughs> on Prospect Avenue, in front of the bodega oh where God. he pulled out the gun, right there <laughs> with, with the tiger face. With the tiger face. I would love it. I if make I make this up. Oh, yeah, man. I want a billboard right there, and I want my 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 ugly smile to be there. I just want to be like, <laughs> I bet your smile's pretty cool. <laughs> thank nice. you. But thank Jake, you. I want to thank you again for talking with us and letting us know how it is for you i mean your story is going to inspire all the young writers and all every all type yeah. of writers that you gotta you just gotta work you know if it's achievable you have the drive you have the talent and the commitment you know you guys can pursue your passions and whatever that is whether if it's you want to do game designing, if you want to do coding if you want to be a blogger if you want to be a photographer a writer just a, go for it just go for it yep my man jay is living proof of this he's living proof that you guys as long as you work hard you gotta and, put in the time and he was patient that's the best part he's patient yeah. humble and patient, patient. sometimes yeah. sometimes that waiting part is the toughest part yeah. it is it sometimes is. you're just gonna get knocked back down yeah literally the whole time he waited he had a family he got married he had kids yeah. <laughs> You know, now he has his, uh, he's up in his nice little apartment right here. I see on the screen. I'm nice. hating. I'm yeah. hating. He got a loft. I'm hating. I got Things are good, man. Things are good. I got the, I got the vaulted ceiling. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the vaulted. Do you see it? It's at an angle. I see it. I see it. I see it. You know, <laughs> you know, you know how you know you moved up when there's no more popcorn ceilings. <laughs> Our last apartment had a popcorn ceiling. There's no popcorn up here. You know. <laughs> I didn't even know what vaulted ceilings was before we moved here. My wife was like, you know, they got vaulted ceilings there. I was like, what's what's the vaulted ceiling? <laughs> you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> that's, so funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's but, awesome. But Jason, thank you so much again. Thank you. Um, I can't yeah. tell you enough how th this this was just great. I mean, I know the kids had a great time. I I mean, I'm having the time of my life talking oh, to somebody awesome. like Mad Famous right now. Oh, oh, man. Oh, I'm, oh, like, oh, I'm gonna tell my children that I used to watch shows with my father. <laughs> <laughs> and mother <laughs> AJ can you tell everybody where they can find us yeah. you can oh, find sorry. us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at table for four listen and click on that follow button where you can get notifications on the newest episodes on all major podcasts Anchor, Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Breaker Radio, Radio Public, Pocket Cast and you can now follow and listen to us on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Audible. If you love the show, please show your support by leaving us a review and email us at tableforfourpodcasters at gmail.com. Again, tableforfourpodcasters with an S <laughs> at gmail.com. You can now text us at 332-877-7585. Again, 332-877-7585. Good. And you can use that number to interact with us and leave comments, share ideas, and even become a guest. Yes. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. This is the final, final episode, episode of season, season one, one. Season one. for Table for Four podcast. You know, we're going to be continuing working behind the scenes and we're going to give you all the great content. Uh, we hope you guys have a great summer. 
And we'll be back live recording in the fall. We'll be back banging two we'll times see better ya. in fall. <laughs> All right, so Jay, thank you so much for doing this, bro. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me.